Hi everybody, it's Steve Weir, Grace Point's Pastor of Arts and Communication, and I'm here to say welcome, or welcome back, to the Grace Point Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes or on our YouTube channel. Feel free to check out our website for all the latest information about everything going on here at Grace Point. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step toward becoming a fully committed follower of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. Um, Daryl and Tim and Peter. Yeah, so we are, we're very excited. Thank you for the privilege. Well. So we're going to welcome up the crew. Let's give them a hand. So I'm going to talk really fast because uh, we don't have a lot of time. But actually, in Kenya, you just throw the clock out because they don't go by time. So we could be here three or four hours. It's not a problem. Especially if Peter showed up, forget about it. All right, so we might be here for a while. Super, super excited that Peter showed up. I knew there was a rumor that he might come. But this is what it, the whole wellness center is based from Peter and his vision. So quick backstory, 1989, my parents and my sister and I stayed two years in Kenya, Kajabi, East Africa. We were at the Rift Valley Academy. It's a boarding school for missionary kids. My dad was a dorm parent to 19 fifth and sixth grade boys. He also taught music. And there was a Bible college called Moffat Bible College right on the same compound. Peter was a student there, was captivated by the trumpet, Kind of, he and my dad built a good friendship, mentorship. Um, and so we kind of unofficially brought him into our family. We brought him back to America to go to Cairn University, where he went, met a beautiful white woman named Gail. And they got married. They now have a daughter, Candace, who's the same age as Ethan. Um, and they live in Columbia, which is actually where Dave's daughter, Jess, lives out in the Lancaster area. So long story short, my dad died of a heart attack in 2004. After that, Peter had a vision, and you, he could probably, you know, flesh this out a little bit, where the vision, how long it was in the makings. But he had a vision to take medicine back to his hometown of Gatamayu, which is a small little village about an hour outside of Nairobi. So all the, the village people there, they have no medical treatment. Um, he lost his father, his brother. His brother is actually buried right behind the medical clinic because it's in between his two brothers' houses where he built this little building, now known as the Benjamin Wellness Center. Um, and he wanted to name it in honor of my father, Ken, who was very influential um, in Peter's life, musically, spiritually, physically, bringing him back to America, getting him to be able to go through Ken University. <coughs> Uh, so he named it the Benjamin Wellness Center. There's a picture of my dad there. It's been there how long active, Peter? About 10 years active? We started to open up. Good morning. Good morning. Greet them in Swahili. Jumbo. You say Jumbo. 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 So, yeah, um, thank you for supporting Daryl and Tim and Ethan. Uh, we appreciate it very much because they were able to come and really make a difference. Daryl will say the rest. Uh, I'm just here to help. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, we opened the facility in 2015, but we started doing trying this since 2009. That's when we started going there. Actually, we started in the 2002 when my father passed away. We started trying to figure out what we can do about the community because people are just dying. 
and nobody can be able to tell what happened. No medical records, no nothing. And we just got very concerned about what is going on. And also kind of securing our community um, of my village for Jesus. Because there's a lot of things that stuff going on everywhere. And there's some influences that are coming in the country that are not godly. And in some ways, we, we felt responsible to kind of influence our village towards Christ. So part of that, in addition to honoring my um, my papa, Daryl's dad, um, the one who kind of got me going because he was like a mother for me, because he gave, not because he had a lot, a lot but he gave from his heart. So that's what he taught me, that you give from your heart, not because of the money or anything that you have, you give yourself and God uses you to make a difference. So. That's good. That's good. I mean, it's, yeah, it's almost like Bob. It's like you and uh, Bob and Tori. You know, like Bob's taking Tori under his wing. Um, so Peter, Peter, my dad did that kind of to Peter. Um, Peter lost his dad, his, his brother, like you're saying. I think your nephew and niece, and some others, relatives. Stuff you and I would go to the doctors, get an antibiotic, and we're better the next day. They all pass away, and they die. And they can't, they can't afford medical treatment. Most people don't work in Gatamayu. They live off their what's called a shamba, it's a garden. If they do work, they make maybe $700 in a year, maybe. If they're to go to Kajabi, which is about an hour from there, they'd have to pay to get a taxi, which they can't afford, 1,700 shillings, which is about 15 American dollars, which they can't afford, to see the doctor, and then another 1,000 shillings to get medicine, which they can't afford. So Peter has had this amazing vision. So it's now a fully functioning clinic in his hometown of Gautamaya where the re residents can come for 50 shillings, which is less than 50 cents. <coughs> Some of them can't even afford that. They can get seen by the doctor, a Kenyan doctor and get medicines. The two weeks we are there, Peter uses all of his vacation time from his work. He's a social worker out in Lancaster area. He uses all of his vacation to go help his people in Gautamaya. So while we're there doing this clinic, that's his vacation time. And it's... 13, 14 hour days, it's not a vacation at all. He goes in those two weeks that we're there, everybody gets seen for free. So you'll see the pictures when we start going through them of hundreds of people each day waiting at the gate for us to get there. And then they'll sit. But Peter's vision's amazing. The whole clinic starts, we all meet as a team back in a tent. They go through our duties. Ethan, you're doing blood pressure. Tim, you're doing this, ba ba ba, And we pray. <laughs> And then I would go out with Peter. We have a translator. And then we had two pastors go, um, and we would share devotion, give them the gospel each morning, and sing a few worship songs. So they could not see the doctor until they heard about Jesus, which is awesome. And it was super cool. But Tim came up with an awesome illustration, which I was just, I stole it, and I love it. So I want Tim to share, like, how we, what, what we went, maybe how you got plugged in. Tim and I were, you know, just in youth group. I'm like, hey, I'm going to Kenya. <clears throat> Just a conversation. He's like, I'm in. I'm like, what? It's crazy how God just handpicks people. And let me tell you, I don't want to puff his head up, but listen to this guy. I knew his heart was right and his personality was right for this trip. I had no idea what his skill set was. I had no idea. I knew he worked for Glenn Ely. I had no idea what his skill set was. But he was the perfect man, Peter, that we yes. needed yes. for this trip. And he'll talk about it. Just water. How we just turn on a faucet and water this man had the lord like anointed him and he's going to explain how it all came to, to to happen and when we left peter's like we got water but why don't you tell him that illustration about the gospel and <clears throat> all right through. um here i'm going to use this 
Um, so I'm just going to start off real quick um, to talk about how I became, uh, like, what's my background as far as missions goes. So I think I was probably 19 years old, maybe 20. It was probably 1994. And I was at a, my church, and we had a missions conference going on. And I had known many of these people, heard stories about them, knew that they, you know, loved the Lord and that they were seeking to follow him. And I would hear stories about going to different places and doing the work they would do and all the struggles they had and all the money they needed and things like that. And honestly, I was just sitting there being honest with the Lord saying, like, kind of, Lord, I don't get it. Like, you can do anything you want. There's got to be believers in those areas that, you know, that could answer that call. Right. And I just remember seeing or thinking to myself, well, Maybe there is something to it, and I told the Lord at that at that meeting, like, God, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust you, and if you lead me someplace, I'll go. And I don't care really where it is or what it is or how much it costs or when it is. I'm gonna trust you that you'll show me a, a trip, you'll show me an opportunity if you want me to go, and I'll do it. Well, that trip that he had planned, and I mentioned this to some of you before, and this is in 1995. Was, uh, was a two-week trip to um, Cuba. And at the time, no Americans had been allowed to travel to Cuba, certainly not disclose it, certainly not get permission from the United States government, certainly not get a religious and humanitarian visa. And on that trip, we actually received the first religious and humanitarian visas uh, since the embargo happened. We actually had a letter given to us by the United States Treasury telling us we could go there and spend American dollars. Because what we were doing without those two documents was illegal at the time. And um, so that's kind of how I stepped into it. And those two weeks um, could not have happened if it wasn't from the Lord's blessing and the Lord's leading, not just in my life, but in the whole trip. And the way I saw the Lord work and the crazy things that he did, and just from being in lockdown, the customs and letting us get all the stuff through, um, was incredible. Then later on, we found out after we were home <clears throat> that the director of that missions agency had $60,000 in cash on him at the time. And at that point in time in Cuba, that would have landed him in jail for years and years and years and years. And so ever since then, I'm like, all right, Lord, what do you got? I'll, I'm willing to go because that was a great trip. And <clears throat> that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, so how did I become involved in this trip? Jordan and I, it was Jordan's senior year, and I'd been thinking about going and doing a hunting trip out west or go up Canada salmon fishing or something crazy like that, just something to remember, mark the passing of, you know, the graduation and, you know, just kind of have a father-son time. And it was COVID, and so, you know, I was praying about that. I was looking on different trips, and then that way, literally, I was asking the Lord, to like, yeah, if this is going to happen during COVID, I need you to show me how this is going to happen. And then I think it was that Sunday night or the next week or whatever it is, Daryl's talking about going to Africa. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's the answer to that prayer. So I told Daryl, I'm like, yo, we're in. Like, he goes, you sure? I'm like, no, 100%. He goes, Tim, I don't even know if I'm going. I go, well, I know I'm going. I said to him. <laughs> and he goes, what about work? I go, ah, Glenn will, Glenn will be okay with it, I, I think, you know. Um, so, um, and so obviously the trip got canceled last year, which is a big, um, was a big issue. Um, 
And it was really an issue of struggle for me because I know the Lord could have opened up the doors. He could have worked his way around the COVID thing. Um, and so I was kind of upset about that and, you know, just had to give it back over to the Lord about why it didn't happen. And, you know, um, that was actually one of the answer prayers that we had. Um, because one of the things that, uh, oh, after I said I would go to the trip, that's when I found out that, you know, what we were going to be doing. Oh, there's some floor tile to lay, and there's some this, and there's some painting, and there's other things. I'm like, okay, that's all cool. And then I got to come to find out that, oh, there's this generator that doesn't work, and a transfer switch that doesn't work. And we got problems with water, and, you know, we got problems with a pump. And I'm like, are you serious? And he goes, yeah, why? I'm like, uh, I'm an electrician that's been building water and sewer treatment plants for 25 years. <laughs> and, I, and I oversee all the electrical, all the mechanical, and all the instrumentation. So to that, when Daryl says, I was really surprised, I'm thinking, what the heck do you think I've been doing all these years? <laughs> <laughs> Just order hiding from Glenn. Oh, that Glenn? I can't see I'm not doing anything, you know? Um, so, and again, that was the Lord's provision, um, and that's why it is so cool when you take a step of faith and... I, I, I just say that to say that I'm saying that, and as I'm saying that to you, I know there's a million times that I've ignored that step of faith. I'm just glad when I take that step of faith. And so just like myself, all of us here have those times that, ah, that can't be actually what the Lord's telling me to do. And then sometimes, you know, okay, we respond. Well, it, the more we can respond to those steps of faith, the better. And like I said, with, with canceling the trip, there was a number of people that weren't going to go on the trip. And I kind of had a hard time with that. I'm like, well, if you're in this, you're in it, you know, because uh, we're running the risk of so many things, sickness, illness, our comfort, all those things. Then the Lord wanted us to be there because of COVID. We should be there. And I kind of had a little bit of a hard time with that. But I, that was one of the things I was turning over to the Lord. I was asking the Lord to use that in my life and use that on the trip. Well, fast forward, we went this year. We didn't go last year. Everybody that was not going to go on the trip previous year did go on the trip this year with a couple of extras and the one uh, group that wasn't going to go were involved heavily with the dentistry and um, that's just a whole nother amazing thing that the Lord prepared me by letting me crack a tooth and getting a tooth pulled three days before we went there never had a tooth pulled in my entire life you know but got a tooth pulled three days before walk into your oral surgeon's office, I'm sitting there talking to him about what I'm going to be doing in three days, going to a medical camp in Africa. And then this guy says to me, oh, you see those pictures on the wall right there? I go, yeah. He goes, that's from uh, Zanzibar when I was on a trip doing a medical missions, doing dental work in Zanzibar, doing the same thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. That's what we're doing. And he, we start talking. Here he knows the dentist that goes on these trips. And this man, 15 years ago or 12 years ago, whatever it was, got a call from this dentist because she's a dentist in the area and said, hey, I don't pull teeth in the United States, but I'm going to be pulling teeth in Africa. Can you give me some tips? Literally, Michelle, the dentist, went to this Russ Byers office and sat with him for a day and gave her tips on how to pull teeth and how to do it and all that stuff. Gave her instruments that we, to this day, are still using in the clinic. All those instruments that she came there with first were donated by this man. And just by coincidence, I don't think so, I'm here getting my tooth pulled by the guy, and now the guy wants to come next year. And he said, you tell Michelle I'm mad that she never invited me. I go, well, I'm inviting you now. <laughs> so where's the Lord going to take that? I don't know. We'll see. It's up to him. I'm sure it's better and bigger than we're thinking. Um, so 
it, and in the fact that the dentist was there, she is amazing. What she gets done, she works so hard. Not only while we're at the clinic, back at night, working with the dentures, all that stuff, work until 11.30, 12 o'clock at night, whatever it takes. And um, her needs, because she gets equipment donated from the United States, she gets equipment donated from <clears throat> Kenya, she's got this mishmash of electric and none of it really works and then you're trying to buy equipment to make it work over there that's all made in china and it's you know maybe not as good as it should be and then while people are there with getting their teeth done you have these electrical issues that have always been ongoing and so literally right from day one she had a problem and she's like do you think you could help me and i'm like uh yeah this is exactly what i do and the lord in a, in a really incredible way right guys used just he did it not me all these things that kept happening and i just kept oh i could fix that i could fix that i'll fix that she come to me she goes tim can you take care of this and i'm looking at my dad like yeah that's no problem boom boom boom, done and i thought how many times did that happen during the week it happened all the time and then there was other things that happened where i was able to fix stuff but who was it but it wasn't bill it was tom ames took a whole bunch of pictures of tools and he says what do you want to take just whatever you want, I'll send over there with you. And I just said, I'll take this, 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 and this, because space in the bags and weight is a problem. And I just said, I'll take these three things, and I'll take everything on that picture over there. It was just like some smaller stuff. One of those things was a C-clamp. Now, you wouldn't think that a C-clamp was a big deal at all, right? It was like, on the, we don't need that. I'll just have Ethan stand on something if I need it held together while I cut it or whatever. But they had an autoclave. That is key. You have to have it because the sterilization of the materials, if you don't have that, you got to go through all this bleaching and, and they'll, they'll do it a chemical way, but it's, it takes longer and it's not as good. Well, here the autoclave has a clamp on the top. It's a pressure cooker and there are these bolts that were all stripped out. Well, you can't get bolts, you can't, but here that clamp, and the Lord knew it because I wasn't even planning on it. I just said everything on that picture, right, Tom, is was there and I'm like oh my gosh I got this clamp and I walked out there put the C clamp on there and in 15 minutes we were back in business with the autoclave like and without that thing literally dozens if not hundreds of people are not going to be seen by the dentist I see that gospel illustration yeah so um, so as far as um, you know why do we do this well I do this because you know God has a God has a God created us all with a purpose right and our purpose was to know him and to love him and for him to love us, right? First John 4.19, we love because he first loved us. Um, but we have a problem, and that problem is that our sin separates us from God, right? Romans 3.23 says that all, all have fallen short of the glory of God, right? Uh, um, oh, no. Hold on. 3.23? Yeah. Yeah, all fall short for the glory of God. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Romans 6.23 also tells us that the wages of sin is death, right? So that's our problem. Our sin separates us from God, but God has made a provision. And his provision is that Jesus Christ came to earth and lived a sinless life. He, uh, he, he, he died on the cross, paid, paid our penalty. That was what we owed. Died rose again three days, defeat and death, and um, that is the payment for our sins, right? And so we freely receive that payment. We can't pay it. 
we can't afford it. We could work our whole lives off, and we can never make enough. We can never do enough. We can never pay that debt off. Jesus Christ paid that debt. He didn't have to. He wanted to, right? And it says, um, 1 Timothy 2, 5, and 6 says, There is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for men. And then, so here we are on our trip. We fly over there. We pay dollars. It's an expense. We give up our vacation time. We leave our comfortable lives here. We leave our family and our loved ones that we like to be around and that need us. And we go off into the scary unknown. And it's at great expense. It's at physical cost cost to the health, financial expense, and we were able to provide something to the Kenyans, to our friends, to Peter's village, that they could never in a million years afford. You know, a set of dentures in the United States. Six grand or something. Well, that, yeah, is, is, that, is like $10,000, $6,000 if you go to the drive-through, I guess. Um, and... Um, Maybe they say made in, made in China on them. I don't know. Um, maybe not. I don't know. So, um, but so there is, I mean, these people can't afford 50 cents to go see the doctor. There's no way that they can even quite frankly fathom how much it truly costs to have the dentist there to make the teeth that they need, that they work, and it's safety. And it's not just teeth. It's not just having a good smile uh, on a selfie on Facebook. It's so important because it comes down to the nutrition, right? And it's such a vital. It's, it's literally giving people extended life, right? Because you can't eat right if you can't chew your food, especially when you have two teeth in your top of your mouth, right? And so I just can't help but be humbled by the example of these people getting a gift that they, quite frankly, do they deserve it? I think they need it, right? I know they need it. And um, they could never afford it. But here we left our comfortable lives, went over there at great expense. I mean, what does the trip cost? Close to $100,000 to get pull the trip off? You know, and then there's all the extra expense that gets donated, all the money that was donated by the dentist's friends and her acquaintances and faithful supporters of her work as a dentist. And it's just such a tremendous gift that those people receive that they could never afford. And that's exactly what Christ did for us. We could never afford it if we lived a thousand lifetimes, if we went on a thousand missions trips, if we donated every cent we ever had. We could never pay for it, and the same is true for them over there. And so that is, and so, but but we have a part in our salvation. Our part in our salvation isn't works, it's not money, it's not, um, you know, doing any kind of sacrifices. Our part in our salvation is receiving it. It's simply trusting in what Christ did on the cross as payment for our sins. That gift that is available to the people in the community, they have a part in that as well. They have to receive it as well. You have to get there, right? Now, getting there for us with Christ is wherever you are at the moment, just saying, God, 
I believe that you died on the cross for payment for my sins. I know that I'm a sinner. I know I'm separated from you. And I know that by me accepting you as, uh, as my Savior, as paying the price on the cross for penalty of my sins, I know that I'll have eternity with you in heaven. And that eternal life starts at that second. And um, the, one of the things about the Kenyans receiving that gift, many, many, many of those people traveled tens, twenties, thirty, fifty miles to get there. And they had to be there. They had to receive it. The fact that we don't know how many people we're going to treat, but we treated every person that showed up. And if there was another 200 people that would have showed up, we would have figured out a way to treat them too. And that's just like Christ's death on the cross. It's unending. There's always room for more to accept it. His death did pay for everyone's salvation. The question is, are you going to freely receive that salvation? And then... The good news is God's promises that all who trust in him will have eternity in heaven with him. And that eternity starts at that very minute. So, um, that's so a great illustration. That's time for Daryl. No, so. we'll, we'll keep going. So I want to just make Amen, to <laughs> So this is Michelle with the black glasses on. Her husband, Neil. Mara. And this guy's Tom. They're two from Boston. Those four do not know Christ, and they come on this trip every time. They love Peter's vision. They think, you know, they're doing their good deeds by, you know, helping what's going on there. But God, like Timmy said, God had ordained this trip this year, not last year. If last year happened, they were not coming. And God knew Timmy's the right man to interact because when her tools were breaking and his, you know, disinfectant thing was breaking, he fixed it, and it was a bridge. You know, we're like a bridge, right, to our community. He's a bridge. And he got to share and have incredible conversation, just build a relationship. I love this track. I took a bunch of these. Dave, keep getting these here at church. I keep them in my pocket all the time. You'll see one picture in the video. I'm, I'm talking with two guys. A lot of times before we have construction work to do, we're just sitting out there fellowshipping with the, the people, entertaining them, giving them pop rocks. That was awesome. <laughs> playing with puppets. You see Timmy playing with a puppet with the kids, and this little old lady on two sticks comes over, and she's just captivated by what's going on. But anyway... Pray for this guy, Tom. We think he's right. This is Tom. Um, he actually befriended me on Facebook, so I said, why not? And uh, <laughs> uh, I got to screen some of the things he posts there. <laughs> I'm like, hey, he likes it. He, he sat, we would eat lunch, Ethan and I and all the guys, under an avocado tree. You see, I think you see a picture of that. And one day we were just saying, what's up, man? What's, what, what do you think about all this religious stuff? Where are you at? He's like, uh, not really there, whatnot. Um, but he was open. So I gave him this uh, one morning. I just gave it to him. I said, Tom, get a chance to read this. If you want to talk about it, you know, me or Timmy, or Peter, anybody would love to talk to you. Now, I wish you would say he came and he talked and he fell down and he accepted Christ. He did, okay? But I remember Mike Sutterman. Our job ain't to save him, right? Just maybe A to B, get them B to G, right. and see what happens. You know, when Michelle's been coming on his trip, how many years? 10 plus years, Peter? You know? You know, but 12 years. Over 12 times. Mm -hmm. So she hears the gospel. She gets very, when she hears the name of Jesus, she, like, it's uncomfortable. You know, but that means it's just a spiritual battle. But this was our team, uh, 22 people. Peter, um, Ethan, why don't you pass these out? So these are Mandazis. Ethan's going to walk around if you'd like to try a piece. Mindy made them. They were American supplies. It's their donut. Every day we would have tea. Tim loves tea. Oh, yeah. All right. And we'd have tea at about 10, 30, 11. And then after the day, we would have tea as well. The ladies across the street would sell these Mandazis or Jopati. 
Anyway, that was our flight, direct flight right to Kenya. This is the Benjamin Wellness Center, the center picture. So the two towers on the right, that's what Timmy was trying to get water to these towers. They have no water coming from a street into the wellness center. So these towers collect the water and then it funnels it into the pipe, into the wellness center. So that was a main project for Timmy to do the first couple of days. So that's Gail, that's Peter's lovely wife, and their daughter Candace, who's the same age as Ethan. That's my dad on the top. So the wellness center, it's very small. It's like, um, it's enough to have a few, few, few rooms. That's the road to get there. Five years ago, the Chinese came in and built an incredible road system out of Nairobi. It's better than our road system. It's almost like easy pass on the turnpike. But they stopped. Once, I don't know, they just stopped. So about 30 minutes you're driving on a road like this. It's pretty intense. Uh, pastor Dave, that's their pastor in the middle. He starts the service off banging on a drum. So Timmy thinks you should up your game a little bit. <laughs> and you should bang on a drum when you're preaching. So I got a big drum if you'd like to do that. But what's really cool about church is they don't look at the clock. They have nothing else going on in the day. So church would go three and a half, four hours sometimes. And no one's getting up and leaving. These two boys, man, we love them. They sat next to Timmy and Jordan yeah, and Ethan. That's right. That's right. They sat there the whole time. Three-hour service didn't move. They just loved to be there. And then after church, we fellowship with them and have tea. That's their church. Peter was asked to pray. That's Peter praying. He was in another language. So it was very difficult because it was like Kikuyu. So tough to understand it. Um, the lady got up to pray. She was like 15 minutes. I was like, wow. She made everybody here look short, you know, <laughs> at prayer time. So that's the wellness center. When we would drive up, that's the bus on the bottom right. They would just be packed in front, waiting for the gate to open. So the first two days, Timmy's just assessing. He's, he's, that's their contractor, Samuel, in the middle, who put the addition on. Timmy's looking at the electric. He's like, what in the world is this? Um, Gail's, you know, telling him about the generator set. Room on the bottom left where the generator set. And then that's the water tank. So that guy in the middle with, uh, in the orange shirt is Kim. He was another guy from Mike. We're talking with Peter and Gail. And Timmy's just giving him his ideas. That here's the plan. Here's what I think will work. And it was incredible to see this guy's mind work. Like the Lord knew Timmy had to be on this trip. Oh, bottom right. That's the little line that comes from the city that they pay to have water. And literally it trickled. And it would only be turned on maybe two or three days a week for a few hours. And you would never know when they would turn it on. So no way is that enough time to get water. So Timmy came up with a brilliant idea to send that water to that green barrel on the right of Timmy, bottom right. And that fills up, and he put a float in it. When that float kicks on, it would send it into the large tank, which you're going to see in the video. Uh, they got, how many was that, 10,000 liter? 10,000 10, liter tank would fill up, and then he put it, we got another pump. That float would shoot it up to this upper tank, um, and then they would bring it to the lower tank. So the funds got low at one point, and we would all be able to just take your credit card out and say, here, just buy it. But for me, I was like, I want Ethan to see God is in this trip. And so Peter gave a request, says, we need more money. Because we need, you know, Timmy wanted to buy another pump. We need another floats, another pump to get to the other tank. And this is how God works when, when God's in it. A guy I graduated high school with 30 years ago saw my Facebook post. And he said, Daryl, that's amazing what's going on. I want to help. I said, well, we're actually in Kenya now. We actually need some extra money to get some pumps and stuff. But I can't get you a receipt or anything. The best you can do is Venmo it, and I can get it to Peter. No lie, guys. He sent me $250. Exactly what we needed to go get the pump, get the floats. 
And then Jim Sloan got involved. He saw what was going on. He wanted to help. He sent money as well. So I said, Peter, here's how much we have. And then another check was sent to the center. It was amazing how God just provided the funds. This clinic costs about $4,500 to run monthly, paying the doctor, the nurses, the administrator, electric, and the water, and the medicines. $75,000 a year, fully functional clinic, which brings medicine to this town of God of mine. So if, if the Lord prompts you and you do want to help with this, Peter would be happy to talk to you. Here's the first two days. This is the favorite picture. See that old lady with the two sticks? She just came over and was captivated. She didn't have no teeth, nothing. You know, Ethan brought stickers. We brought lots of uh, toys to hand out. I went to the thrift store like every day and was buying little toys. So there, Jordan and Timmy passing out stickers and stuff. They love Pop Rocks because it made them noise in the mouth. Here, they're trying to get dental work, and I'm putting sugar in their face. You know? <laughs> Each day, we would go down to the local school in God of Mine. Uh, it's local school, and then they took two teams. One would teach the older kids in English, and then I taught the younger kids, and I had to have a translator because the kids do not learn English till they get to about fourth, fifth grade. They wear a uniform, and all they have is dirt. No playground, nothing. So my heart was like, I want to build these kids a playground. Timmy's like, let's go. Let's go to Nairobi and get it. We'll get a playground. We'll make it. I was about to text you all and say, guys, let's put some money together get these guys a playground. They had nothing. Peter's like, it's political, long story. We couldn't do that. So by the end of the week, they like gave us permission to put up a rope swing. So we went to town. Timmy and I and Peter went to their local like store, bought a rope, you know, and I found a tire under the avocado tree. <laughs> and the last day, I just, Ethan and I, we jumped up on the tree, tied the rope up, and then when they came out, Gail, Peter's wife, was with us, and he said, this is our gift to you gave them a rope swing. So you'll see their headmaster swing on it in the video. It was awesome. But we taught them on Moses and Pharaoh and obedience. And then we taught them Pharaoh, Pharaoh. So I'd sing with them each day. A uh, song in Swahili I learned, Sante Sana Yesu, and then Pharaoh, Pharaoh. And then Ben, my buddy Ben, would teach the older kids. And then we would meet together outside this thing. That's their school. So this was the, the main thing. Uh, first day, we needed concrete. We had the water because the city wouldn't turn on the water. Um, so I want to make sure I have time to turn the video on. We have a 12-minute video to show you. So we had no water. So this guy on a motorcycle, top right, they called it Top Tuck. He paid the guy like eight bucks. You know, that's like a Starbucks coffee. He went down to the river twice, came up with 50, like, five-gallon things of water. So there's Peter in the middle. And Ethan, they started pouring concrete, mixing it. You know, I ain't got no mixers. All right, now this was the main project. So there's the pump that Timmy needed. We needed that pump to put in the, the right tank, the 10,000 liter tank. So there, I mean, it's a hodgepodge how they do their, I mean, Tim can talk two hours of their tools and the lack of tools. And, but what they do, they just, they make it work. So Timmy had this vision. Again, I knew his heart was right. I had no idea his skill set. And he was exactly what the center needed. So the water comes from the city into that green barrel up top. I was like, what's that? 310 liters. 310 liters. He then put a float. When the float kicks on, it shoots that water into the new tank, which we had laid on the top right. Then that's the new pump in there. When that fills up, it shoots the water up to the upper tank. This was all his vision to make it happen. It was just, it was just incredible. You'll see in the video when, when, when all the tanks got filled, which is enough water, how long, Peter? for a good time at the clinic. Three months. Three months. And he had it filled in two days with his vision. It was amazing. So Timmy gets up one
top thing. He turns his foes on, the pump's going, he starts spraying everybody. It was awesome. He's like, oh, he got water. And the one guy's silent. He's like, oh, no, 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 It was awesome. So please don't tell your friends about this, but Peter, uh, turn your video camera off. Anyway, so 500 teeth were pulled, and, and we became friends with Eunice and the different nurses and dentists. So Tim kept pestering her, yo, can I pull a tooth, can I pull a tooth? So on the last day, she numbed up the old lady. Timmy comes in, I'm like, hey, Dr. Tim, Dr. Tim, I'm gonna take up the tooth. You know, so Timmy pull, pulls the tooth, he's like, which tooth? Because she only had two. You know? <laughs> so he starts to go, and the lady, the dentist's like, no, turn it the other way. Tim pulls it out. I, 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 another dental chair was donated. So the last day we went down to Silas's house. Guys. I never saw that picture. And put it, there's Jordan sitting on the yeah. top top. That's what they call it. And we brought that dental chair up. Ethan and Jordan painting on the right. We finally got some paint. And then that's the full team on the top right. Um, so I have a quick short little video. Um, Ethan, what would we say was your highlight for you on the trip? Playing with the kids. Playing with the kids. Yeah, just entertaining the kids, which needed to be done. You know, if you don't think you have a skill like, you know, Timmy or... Uh, you're not an electrician or you're not a dentist. You can go with Peter. They go every year if you want to go on this trip. It doesn't matter what your skill is. John and Karen came, and they, they used their own money. They just wanted to serve. He's a pastor down at um, Memorial Church on the boulevard, and he just did pastoral care. He would just sit and minister and share, give out tracts, teach. We have tons of tracts. Everybody got tracts. Hold babies. I'm holding babies just while the moms are getting treatment or just entertaining. Ben and I would go over by every chapati and just feed the kids because they had nothing all day. Um, but whatever your skill set is, you can be used if you're willing to go. Um, Tommy, you take the boys, and there's something for the boys to do, whether it's playing with the kids. They were painting, uh, mixing concrete. Cleaning the gutters. Uh, cleaning the gutters. Helping you know, um, put pipes together. Helping put pipes together. I mean, Timmy could talk for hours on the tools we had. Um, but it was, it was one amazing thing that uh, we found, like Darren saying, is that you don't need, really need much of a skill because, like John, who is a pastor, he just sat there and kids would come to him. I don't know why they just got attracted to him, but they would come to him and they would sit on his lap. And one time he had one or two kids fell asleep on his lap. Yeah. <laughs> and they're so comfortable. And that's something that was needed because mothers would come there all day long. So they have to come early in the morning with their babies so that they can get treatment. So someone to hold the baby is what they needed for that moment. And John was right there. Something you don't need a, a degree to do. So just emphasizing Daryl's point. Yeah, any other comments you want to make, Timmy, before I throw the video on? Okay. Yeah, so you're going to be um, on our time. So this is going to take you through... Um, the trip from when we started, showing you the clinic, showing the one picture is a guy without teeth, and then after Michelle put the teeth in. It's amazing. Um, and then there's a really cute video at the end. They did take us at the end. You got to go on a safari, see some animals. Um, it was just sweet. So, but in um, the two weeks there, 2,200 patients were seeing free medical treatment, 500 teeth pulled, about 26 sets of dentures placed, whether top or bottom, um, and all those people heard about Jesus. So it was awesome, but this man's vision is incredible. Peter's heart is incredible. I was never there. It's my first time there. My sister, my brother was there, my mom, my wife, Brooke was there, and I was never there. So I just was so excited to take Ethan. Timmy was so excited to take Jordan, and just to serve together. You know, 
tell all kids to go on a missions trip somewhere to a third world country and serve it as a summer camp sometime. If you've never been on a missions trip, I encourage you guys to go to Bolivia. If our church goes to our partnership down there, or go to the Lebanon trip um, to see our partnership there. Um, would be awesome. Or if you want to jump on this trip next January, they go every year. It's two weeks, 17 days. So enjoy the video, and then we could be done. And if you want to talk to us after, Peter would be happy to talk. If you want to get involved and help uh, the, the clinic, whether you have medical supplies you can donate. I know Kara Kappa gave me a huge bag of stuff. Um, and we all took 15 pounds in our, in our bags just to take the medicines there. So, all right. addition they put on the back, which we were painting, putting tile down. They eventually want to make an eternity ring and three bank chairs. That's Pastor John. He's a pastor down here. That's his wife, Karen. That's under the tent where they would, uh, we would do devotions in the morning and sing songs. Vitals in the morning before they get seen by the doctor. 
if blood pressure's high or sugar's high, they'd have to go to the front of the line. after we filled the tanks.
names were Paul and Silas. So me and Ethan went on a missionary trip with Paul and Silas. <laughs> That's their playground, just dirt.
funny video of the little girl laughing. It's hilarious. after church we were at the center the boys would just be playing with the kids So I want to be respectful of your time. It is 9.30. So as a center, I'm very happy that Peter is here. Thank you guys for your prayers and your support for that trip. It was great. What's that? Is it summertime? It's not summertime there. What, what is it there, Peter? R right now, yes. Yeah, summertime starts around uh, uh, December. And now it goes to up to end of this month. 87 <laughs> doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> it's dry heat, so it's very comfortable. Not human. It's yeah. not human. On behalf of the men's ministry, we'd like to take a small donation and, and give it to you for your good hard work. Thank, Thank you for everybody, the whole entire team, and Ethan and Jordan and the young ones that went on to be commended. You're setting an example for the future. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Awesome. 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 Awesome.